Good evening. Welcome to the 12 Man Podcast. Um, we're in the final stretch of the season now. Um, you got me, Steve Jackson. I'm in the main chair. You see, I'm going. I haven't got back. Don't know what to say. Um, Mr. John Don's with us as usual. Evening, John. Now then, you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm alright. I'm recovered after the weekend. You? Yep. Good. Yep. I'll I'll fully recovered, ready to go again. Aye, ready to go again. I hope the players are. Um, Mr. John Cutler's with us. Evening, Cut. Evening, gentlemen. We're all very subdued, aren't we? Um, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> and we've got Mr. Steve Dixon. Evening, Jacob. Good evening. I'm going to complete the set of uh, subdued Middlesbrough supporters tonight. Oh, the choice. Right, okay. <laughs> I'm glad everybody's all right, though. Um, right, so what, what we're going to talk about is we will talk about... We're going to talk Huddersfield. We're going to talk a brilliant first half-ish to what felt like the Titanic sinking uh, in the second. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about how it happened, why it happened. Um, yeah, we'll you know we'll decipher it. We'll di- dissect it and uh, rip it to bits, um, and then we'll preview Easter, which I think will be pivotal. Well, pivotal for the season now. Um, home game against Burnley and a trip to Bristol on Easter Monday. So, yeah, we've uh, got a bit to talk about. So, let's get straight into it. Before I start, though, are we all all right? All good. Yeah, the only one that spoke, I don't do it. It's like a little puppet session Spot to me. On. There Spot we on. go. Right, we're all good. We're all good. Right, John Tom, Uddersfield. It was um wasn't a bad set off time. Obviously, it's only down the road to this field, but you know it was good to be back on the road. It was good to you know get back to what is now the crucial part of the season, and we were all in pretty uppish mood, and everybody was positive and happy and raring to go on Saturday morning, as far as I could see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think everybody was uh, fairly confident uh, of us. Continuing our good run, so yeah, you're right. The, the mood was upbeat, and um, we did it. We, we got a place booked, and we were we were in there for quarter past eleven, having a few drinks before the match, getting um, getting our throats um, ready, uh, and getting us in the mood. But don't smile at that. Um, no, you're absolutely right. It was um, yeah, we were. It was uh, it was a decent pub. It's, it's, it's a great pub, the old bank. It's um, you know. Massive thanks to their hospitality. They were lovely as, as usual. Um, should have stopped serving me after about 12 o'clock, like, but you know, hey ho. Um, but um, yeah, we obviously had a couple of drinks, so that was really good. Then I'll stick with you when John Don. We team came out two o'clock, couple of changes, but Nair came in and um, Force was it Force? Am I, am I, am I right saying that Force came in for McGree? A lot of, a lot of mixed chat about that. I'll let you know my opinion in a minute when I've known yours. But what did you think of that when you saw the team? Um, I was surprised by the McNair inclusion. I thought Fry um, and Lenahan, uh, I, I, they're the centre half pair, and I would have picked. Sure. I can understand McGree's omission because obviously, um, first of all. He'd had a bout of illness, 
uh, and uh, and then he had a hell of a journey uh, back to England after the um, Aussie internationals. So his omission was was understandable, and to be fair, I mean, Marcus Force, um, you know, th- th- there's a, there's an argument for him to uh, to be first choice over McGree anyway. Um, so it was just the uh, the fry out um, and McNair in that surprised me. Yeah, listen, that, that that's a bit that got me. So I, I was with you on that um, McGree's omission. That's understandable. Obviously, we heard about his um, his battle of illness while he was away with Australia. Um, the hell of a journey back for him to uh, to get back to England, and I don't think he got back till I think it was late Thursday. I think already he got back. So um, yeah, I'm not surprised that he was that uh, he was left out um, from the start. But um, Dick, I'll come to you. Um, obviously, we all know your opinion of if Fry's fit, he's in. You know, what were your thoughts when you saw McNair's side? Yes, I was I was disappointed. I, I'm like a broken record every week on here about Dale Fry. He's the best defender we've got. And I was really surprised going into an away game against the Neil Warnock side who were always going to put the ball over the top, take advantage of corners and set pieces, not to have Dale Fry in it for his aerial ability and his defensive qualities. And I thought it was really evident early on in the game uh, when a couple of balls went over the top, which we seemed to be a little bit vulnerable to. We seemed to lack a little bit of pace when the balls looked in behind. And early on, Huddersfield did that a couple of times and uh, Paddy McNair was nearly caught out a few times early on in the, in the first half. and seemed to struggle to clear his lines or know what to do with it. And the alarm bells were ringing a little bit for me early on in that game. We looked a little bit a little bit uneasy. Uh, the players looked a little bit rattled, um, which I was surprised at because I, I I thought the rest would have done with done with the world the good. But we, we just seemed to to struggle to get into the game first half, and early on I I did think that the admission of Dale Fry showed very early on in the game. Yeah, it did, did for me as well. I thought, I mean, I half expected. The way that Huddersfield came out, to be honest, I thought the way they're going to get into us is dragging us down to their level. It was that you know without being disrespectful to them. I thought, and that's what Warner would have probably said. You know, bring them down to our level, and we'll uh, and we'll see what the fight's like. But um, cut, I'll bring you in. Oh, hang on, go on, Digger. I was just going to add to that before I forget. Um, regarding tactic-wise, putting uh, Paddy McNair in, I sort of understood his his logic. In, in in terms of Huddersfield are always going to pack the midfield. And I think his logic was Paddy McNair is a better ball player and he likes to break into the midfield with the ball. And I thought it, it, his logic was McNair add that extra body to the middles from midfield, driving out of defence with the ball, springing springing on them, you know, uh, which 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 isn't really a, a a quality of Dale Fry. And I think it was about that was the reason why he played McNair was for his ball, his ball quality and bringing the ball out quickly with a, in, in, in picking a pass, um, which Dale Fry isn't particularly brilliant at. But I, I just think it was the wrong game to do it. it it's horses for courses, and in a game like that, in the tactics that you know Neil Warnock was always going to play. To me, you start the game steady, you start the game strong, 
And as I say, I, and I, I, I kind of get where he was coming from with his tactic, but to me, it was a, it was a huge mistake. And I, I know it's only one change to the team. Well, those two changes to the team sheet, but I think it really cost us Dia on on Saturday as the game unfolded. A starting him, and B not having the conviction of admitting you're wrong and changing it when things started to unfold in the second half. Um, regarding regarding the McNair one, uh, sorry that the the Marcus Force starting one, I slightly disagree with with, with JD when he says it's you know Force or McGree. I think McGree should be starting every single game. I think it would be more a Marcus Force or Aaron Ramsey. If I was being honest, I think McGree for me starts every single day of the week if he's if he's fit. Yeah. Um, go on, Cuts. Um, I was going to come to you. What was your opinion on the um, on the on the starting eleven on on Saturday? Yeah, I wasn't concerned about McNair coming in for Fry. It's worked in the past. I wasn't concerned about that at all. For me, the alarm bells were McGree not starting. I would come out like you said. He's had a bit of a bit of a trip. He's had a bit of an illness. But since the World Cup in December, he's arguably been our most important player. And I yeah. think for the amount of ball we had in the first half, we massively missed his creativity. So yeah. for me, you can look back at it and say, oh, what did he have half an hour? I'd have started him and if he'd been absolutely knackered at half-time, took him off at half-time. But hindsight's a wonderful thing. It is what it is. Uh, we've said the championship, every single game's tough. If you don't apply yourself properly, you get punished. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, you saying that McGreech's obviously started. I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, who would you have started him instead of? Would it be Ramsey or Force? I, w- I would have probably played Ramsey, so it would have been Force that I left out. But you know, he scored the goal, so he, he's had a decent season. I like Force, don't get me wrong, but for me, McGree, McGree starting that team every day of the week. And like I said, the amount of ball we had in the first half, if you'd have asked any of us at half time. Or said we're gonna we're gonna concede four and lose four two after the I thought we were dominant first half we had all the ball I think seventy three percent possession yeah if anybody if anybody had said we're gonna lose that game four two uh, I'd have bet my house against it to be honest I would never have believed it no you're absolutely right and um, I'd say I, I agree with what you're saying there it's uh, I mean we'll talk about the I'll, I'll go into the first goal then John Don um. You know the, the two players that we said. You know who would you leave out for for McGree? Were pivotal in this goal because that little bit of skill that Ramsey did in the middle of the park. Obviously that little little trickery he did to pass to two or three of their midfield to play the ball inside to Archer. Um, when I saw when I was watching the goal live from where we were behind the obviously behind the other goal, it looked like Akpom had fluffed it a bit. But then when you watch it re- the replay. From the obviously where the cameras are, it actually looks like it was more look put towards force because Zach probably dragged his man away. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, Joe, I thought, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was a good goal. Um, fairly, fairly simple uh, in the end for force to put away. Um, but the build-up was lovely, Ramsey and Archer. Um, like you say, Akpom. Um, he's obviously going to get uh, a lot of attention with his uh, his goal score and um, records. So he he, um, he created space uh, and um, and Fors put the ball away nicely. And let's like say one 0 at half time. I'll agree with what John says. <clears throat> no, I don't think there was anybody 
in that stadium um, would have predicted the final score at half time. It was uh, it was it was a, a good strong performance for us. First half, um, I, I, I didn't think um, I didn't think we were going we were going to get our just rewards, and, and I thought it was going to be a goalless uh, scoreline at half time. But yeah, we got we got the goal, and and I think everybody. Um, was thinking, you know, this is this is us set set fair for a win now, but it didn't turn out that way. Well, that's it. I mean, I mean, I was I was talking to a fair few people at half time in the um, I was going to say in the concourse. It was it's like an open air one. It's um, John Swiss. I was talking to a lot of people, and we were all saying, you know, we we could score two or three. And I think that might have opened it up a little bit more, and um, you know, we we got our just reward at the end of the first half because we were quite dominant when we got going and we kept the ball really well and it was just that cutting edge at the, uh, the final third that we were just missing an ickle bit. But then, God, right, let's get in, we? we we come out for that second half and we barely had time to... I'd, I'd even see it, wipe your ass, and all of a sudden, they were in and... I mean, I've made notes on all four goals, so I'll, I'll go into that who I thought should have done a bit better for each one as we go along. But, um, John, John, did you come back down from your pint at half-time by the time they'd scored? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd literally just got down to... I mean, I heard you, you were behind me, a few rows behind me. I just got to my seat and all of a sudden, it looked like... Was it for me? It was a simple case of they wanted it more because he he went through two two tackles and all of a sudden he was in on goal. Or am I seeing that wrong? No, no, no. You, you saw it wrong because he went through four. To be honest, I mean the first <laughs> uh, the first challenge uh, was force, um, and it was it was a pretty weak uh, um, half-hearted uh, challenge of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the next one was Housen. Mm-hmm. And then after that was Hackney. Either of those could have stopped him um, unfairly, picked up a card, but maybe you know they just didn't think what the consequences were going to be. Uh, and and finally, um, Paddy McNair. Um, like I say, the guy he shouldn't have got into the position where he had a one-on-one with Stefan, but he did, uh, and he put the he put the ball away really well. But it was such a soft goal to concede, and and that really got their tails up and 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 knocked us back. And and we know we know what they went on to do. Um, terrible start um, to a terrible half. Yeah, I mean it was. I mean I wrote I wrote three of them four names down. I didn't I couldn't write Force's name down. I probably missed that one to be fair. But um, even when I watched it back, I probably missed that. But Dicko, I'll come to you. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Um, so you can probably see the three names I've gone with there. Um, you know, take force out. That's what I've gone with. The other three, you, you clean them out. Don't care who you are, you clean them out. But I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Should the keeper be doing better than what he did? Not for me, no. I think there was a, a free hit. He was quite close to stepping and he, he smashed it. Then it was the, the power that beat him. I think Stefan's probably set. If anything's around him, he's probably going to react. But I don't think he can blame the keeper in them situations. You've had, like John D, uh, John Don said, they've had 
four opportunities to, to, to take the player out, to tackle him, to put a challenge in. Weak, really poor. He skated through them. He's one on one. And I don't think you can particularly blame any goalkeeper when a player is seven, eight yards away, smashing it as hard as you can. It's 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 like a, almost like a penalty kick. You know, can a keeper do better at a penalty? Maybe. Do you blame a keeper for letting the penalty in? Not very often. I, I, I wouldn't blame the goalkeeper for that. I, I would like to go back just to a point you made before, though, regarding the first half display. I was, I was interesting that the three of you all thought Middlesbrough played reasonably well first half. I thought were rubbish. Uh, I, I don't know where you are coming from thinking Middlesbrough played well first half. I thought we were slow. I thought we were off the pace. We had a team sitting back terrified of it. And we passed the ball sideways and backwards. I thought the midfield in Housen and Hackney were rank poor, especially Johnny Housen. Awful display by the by the skipper. I thought we looked vulnerable to the ball over the top. I thought we got lucky early on with the diagonal ball, which I keep mentioning again, caught out Tommy Smith at the back post where he was nowhere to be seen. The ball gets laid off. The ball's in the back of the net, but for a brilliant clearance by Daryl Lenahan. Otherwise, we should be 1-0 down straight away. Dreadful defending. And I thought, you know, as the game went on the first half, a brilliant pass by Ramsey sets Archer away. And I think we got out of jail. And I thought, brilliant. We've took the lead. It probably should be 0-0 at half time. Could have been 1-0 to them. We went in 1-0 up. Brilliant. Let's go on now and, and, and take them apart second half. Because I was of the opinion we couldn't play any worse. I thought we were really, really miles off what we've been the last five, six, seven, eight weeks. And I was absolutely buzzing at half time to go and one the up because I thought we were rubbish. I think that's probably put in mind the the class of <clears throat> we were under control first half. I thought we were massively under control. Um could we play better, of course, because as 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 I alluded to earlier, the, the quality in the final third was 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 non-existent for me. Um and we were missing simple passes at times, which really annoyed. Yeah, giving the ball away all the time, Steve. Giving the ball yeah. away, simple passes. And the only bright spot first half was I thought Marcus Force had an excellent first half. And I yeah. thought Ramsey looked bright. Other than that, I thought the rest of the team were fair game to be taken off. I thought <clears> we're way, way off. And I thought we got out with jail going and won the look. Yeah, uh, it was it was parts of the game where we looked really vulnerable. Go on, coach. I mean, I don't think me or John actually said that we were particularly brilliant. We were just saying that you could would never have believed at half time when we were one nil up that we were going to lose that game. I'll repeat what I said: we had seventy three percent of the ball. They set up with ten men behind the ball. It's never going to be easy to break them down. Did yeah. we create loads of chances? No, we didn't. But did we ever look in danger of losing that game? For me, hundred percent, we didn't. No matter no matter if we didn't play as well going forward as what we have done in the past. 73% of the ball away from home against anybody. That's some going that. I agree with what Steve said. Our passing wasn't as quick and as sharp as normal. But I could not see any other any other result than us winning at half-time, especially when we scored the goal. No, no. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. It wasn't... Like, like I said there, I didn't think we were brilliant. I didn't think we were superb. We could have played miles better. It's, it's the control aspect I was... More alluding to because the control is so much better. But yeah, then 
I mean, just, I mean, obviously they scored 46 minutes, well, it was 22 seconds in. You try and take control of the game. You try and get back into it as quickly as you can to get the focus back on, get the control back. And then all of a sudden, I mean, could start me through that second because that second goal was one of the worst I've seen. It was horrendous. Look, I think we can pick them apart individually. All four goals from a defensive point of view were really, really poor. Every single one of them. You can you can try and pick individual players out, but I think every single goal we conceded on Saturday, there's maybe three or four men in each goal that should have done far better. And and you mentioned about Stefan. He's the only one of the back five that I, I wouldn't put any blame on for Saturday. I thought the back four, for the first time under Carrick, in that 45 minutes, looked absolutely woeful all over the place. And you, like you say, you would never have believed it from the first half. Every time they attacked second half, you were thinking, "What's going on here?" You, you could put. When I was watching it, I was pointing out individual players, and probably every single player on that team defensively, second half were really bad. But I will say this: we have been that good recently. I'm willing to give them a pass. Mm. I am willing to give them a pass on Saturday because the points we've picked up under Michael Carrick has been nothing short of phenomenal. I'm not going to go over the top and criticise individual players. I think as a whole, in a collective, they've been absolutely fantastic. So I just hope people don't overreact to what happened on Saturday. Was it a big chance for us? Yes, it was. I understand what we're trying to achieve. But the best chance was achieving it is to get right behind the lads again. And we go again on Saturday. It's not over yet. Go on, Diego. I'm just, just going to say there, interesting what John's saying about not not having to go with players and giving them a free pass and this, that and the other. We've, as a team and a club and the fan base, they've, they've worked incredibly hard and I get where you're coming from. They absolutely deserve a little bit of slack. However, I feel we've took our eye off the ball. We've looked, we've, we've, we've reined them in so much and when it cut, I think we were guilty of almost overlooking the Huddersfield game a little bit and looking more to the Burnley and the Easter fixtures because that performance was so far off. The only exp- explanation I can give for it is they took the eye off the ball a little bit. They've been one up at half time. They thought they're going to roll out second half and they'll just win the game comfortably, whether it be 2-0, see the game out. And unfortunately, they didn't expect Huddersfield to come out with the tails up and actually not just give, just roll over and get the bellies tickled. Huddersfield come out, which disappointed me, with a better attitude than the Middlesbrough players in Middlesbrough's biggest game for a long, long time. And what really, really disappointed us about the Middlesbrough players on Saturday was, I can accept going 1-1 after 20 seconds. I can almost accept going 2-1 down. But there was no leaders on the pitch. There was no anger. There was no pointing at each other. There was no shouting at each other. There was no reaction. I didn't see a great deal of reaction on the bench from Michael Carrick, Jonathan Woodgate. There was no... Fire in the Middlesbrough bellies on the pitch or off the pitch to say, whoa, 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 this stops now. We're going to implode here. We need to do something about this. Otherwise, this game is going to go away from us. And the third goal went in, nothing. The fourth goal went in, nothing. And I'm looking at that team and I'm thinking, you, your heads have gone here on and off the pitch. It needed somebody, like John always goes on about John Don, about like a lead bit type character. That would never have happened in Grand Ledbetter on the pitch. Not a million years. As soon as you went 1-1, that would have been sorted out. 2-1, it would have definitely been sorted out. But the lack of 
leadership on and off the pitch was a real worry for me moving forward because when you look at the defeats under Michael Carrick, there have been a little bit where we've sort of almost imploded in short bursts, like we did at Burnley when we suddenly imploded at being one up and went 3-1 down, like we did um, against Sunderland, like we did in the game against West Brom when we conceded two quick goals and the players didn't know what hit them. We could have been 3-0 down against West Brom. And then again against Huddersfield, they seem to have it in the in the in the makeup of the team that sometimes when a team actually gets at Middlesbrough and bullies were and asks questions of we, we seem to go missing a little bit. We're okay when we're on the front foot. We're okay when we're in the floor and scoring goals. But sometimes when a team comes at we and and, and asks questions of we, we seem to almost switch off. It was almost on on Saturday. Like somebody had took Middlesbrough's batteries out, and then suddenly the fourth goal goes in to put the batteries back in again. We reboot myself, and then you would think nothing had changed. It was all Middlesbrough. We got the we got the ball off the line. It could have went in. It didn't go in. Tuberakpom scores, and it's all Middlesbrough again. But that needs to be ironed out because we can't afford another game like that in the playoffs. For example, if we go to the playoffs, we can't afford a twenty-minute spell like that in the playoff semi-finals, that'll kill it. So I, I hope the players and the management side really, really have a look at that, both themselves as well, the management as well, and say, we need to be looking out for that on the pitch because that could kill our season. I think that Huddersfield game possibly has killed the automatic push, but we can't afford it to kill the playoff push. I mean, before I bring cuts in there, I'll agree with everything they said there, apart from one part. Um, there's, there's, there's absolutely no chance that uh, Grant that bit would let that them tackles go at one 0 No chance, and he would have stopped that completely. Um, so, but no, I completely agree with where you're coming from there. Go on, coach. I'll say something to counteract that argument. I think the Sunderland West Brom and Saturday's game were a little bit similar, but is there another team in the championships that's one more point from being one? one behind or behind in games. Passion, belief, work rate, none of that really can be questioned on a whole under Carrick. So again, I will say, it was it a blip? Yes, it was a massive blip. But I don't think the players didn't want it. I just think it was one of them games where it didn't happen. I think they worked hard enough. They made some bad decisions, but that's going to happen in football. I'll repeat what I said. I just hope fans don't go over the top about Saturday. It was, it was magnified because Sheffield United got a good result at Norwich. But so what? It's about what we do on the pitch. We could go from now to the end of the season and win every game. You don't know. We've just got to get behind them. Like I say, I'm, I'm not going to question any their attitude. Not Certainly not under Carrick. Like, like I said, nobody's won more points from us from being a goal down. So so for me, that ag, that argument's null and void. Go on, go. We, we come on here week in, week out. And we've pra- praised this team and these players every single week nearly. We've, we've, we've sung from the rooftops about Juba Akpom, Marcus Force, Riley McGree, Zach Steffen, Dara Lenehan, Dale Fry, all of them. We've sung from the rooftops, right, about them. Now, for me, on Saturday, the fair game, they were poor. They let a huge away following who went down there full of expectation down badly against a really, really poor side in the bottom three that only scored two goals in the last six games. We've conceded four and 20 minutes. 
that was shambolic. It was a dreadful, dreadful display. And the fair game to be called out when they put that type of performance in. If we're fair game to praise them week in, week out, they've got to be big enough individually and collectively as managers and players when they put in a performance like that to take a little bit of criticism. If we go on to the Burnley game and we turn it round again, I'll be the first person on this podcast to, to, to go to town and say well done for bouncing back and praising the all and showing character to bounce back. But on Saturday, the character, the spirit and the leadership wasn't there. And I'm not going to sit here and say any other. I'm going to call it out for what it is. On, John Dan. I got uh, I got asked a great question, um, <clears throat> which probably you three guys can help me answer or give your own answer to. Um, if at half time <clears throat> you change the managers over, so Warnock was talking to the Borough team and Carrick was talking to the Huddersfield team, would that match? Do you think that match would have ended four two to Huddersfield? Oh. Jesus Christ, who asked you that? That's the question. Um, but I see the point. I mean, what I think what he was trying to get at was yeah. um, <clears throat> we were pro probably much complacent, slow out the block, second half. Would Warnock had yeah. would would Warnock have made us more aware of the vulnerability straight after half time? Um, and you know, if they don't score the first goal. Do they then go on to score the, the other three? It, it, it's it's a it's a strange um, question I was asked, but I thought I can see why he's asking it. I can see I can see his point, what he's trying to make. But um, anyway, give, give me your thoughts on it. Go on, Dick. Oh, you've unmuted yourself. Well, I, I need I need to think about that. My head hurts. Go on. Great question. I tell you what, Neil Warnock would have done. He would have had Dale Fry on at half time because he would have seen the potential errors that were coming the way by the slip-ups in the first half, what we got away with. And I think he would have addressed that at half-time. Um, I'm going to go into dangerous territory because I'm not going to suggest for one second that I'd rather have Neil Warnock than Michael Carrick because I wouldn't. But I do believe when you're in the trenches, probably Alexa of a Neil Warnock would probably motivate you more. I think Middlesbrough are, at the minute so full of confidence and everything's just going their way that I think Carrick's is you know we've met him he's such a cool character such a calm individual wander up at half time Carrick in the dressing room is probably so calm and just thinking we wander up yeah lads just go out and continue what you're doing um, and maybe he's took his eye off the ball a little bit from, from, from the threat that was coming when maybe he should have he should have seen the threat that was going to come he should have Maybe he's anticipated that Neil Warnock was going to say, right, rail them up and they're going to have a right good go or right from the get-go of the second half. Maybe he's Middlesbrough, for whatever reason, weren't prepared for that. And maybe we should have been. And as I say, I'm, I'm sure under a Neil Warnock side, Dale Fry would have been, right, well, he would have started for, he would have started in the game, but he would have certainly been on at half-time. Go on, Coach, I'll let you um, crack in. I've got an answer to it now, but I'll let you crack on first, mate. First of all, I can't believe you, th you think it was a good question. I think it's a nonsense question. We've got two. We've got a manager and an assistant manager there that have played at the very highest level in football, and many fans called Warnock a dinosaur. Trying to compare the two between them, 
and motivation and all that. Talk about motivation. He absolutely killed one of our... Well, he's killed our 25-goal top scorer when he was here, slagging him off, saying he, he would never sign another player off the internet. What are you talking about? It's absolute nonsense. They've, like I said, they've played at, the, played at the highest level and you're talking about motivation. I can't believe what I'm hearing, boys. No, but listen, we, we are not... We, I'm not comparing Warnock to um, Carrick. All I'm trying to suggest is, you know, with, with experience, um, yes, as a player, he's got vast experience, um, Carrick, but as a manager, he's he's inexperienced. We all know that. He's a rookie manager. W- would Warnock have wound that team up more at halftime to, to go out there and um, keep hold of that lead as long as possible? And then and then go for um, the killer goals to, to win it for us. It's hypothetical. I fully understand that. But when I was when I was asked the question, I thought, well, yeah. How, how would how would um, how would it have turned out if Warnock was um, was talking to the butter players at halftime? I've got me the answer. Put, put your back down. I've got my, so I've got my answer. Um, I don't think we'd have got beat. Because I mean, I'm just reading something he says at full time Warnock. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, and I quote, I felt at half time Borough might be overconfident because there was so much in control, but I wasn't too disappointed because our goalie didn't have a save to make. That tells me straight away he knew we'd come out, which we did, to be quite honest. He got absolutely spot on. We came out as in, right. We can get we can get all this game. We can we can finish it, and they 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 dragged us so far down to their level. They wanted it more, and yeah, I'd I'd, I'd I mean I wouldn't swap them in a million years, absolutely not. But if we just had a bit of a wiser word to talk to the players at our time, you know, keep your head screwed on, and we may not have lost that game. <laughs> I'm still a bit naffed about it, I'll be honest. So, but yeah, it's it's one quote that sits with me that. Definitely, I think the fe- I think the first goal. I think the first goal was key, obviously, mm-hmm. and the fact that it happened um, after twenty odd seconds of the restart, it just lifted them. It lifted the crowd, uh, and and we were rocked on our heels, and and we didn't get time to recover before we found ourselves two one behind, and you know. Like Dicko said, it's um, it's something that we have to put right because if if a team if a team plays with that much intensity for 15, 20 minutes of the game um, that we can't handle, then we've got problems. Um, yeah. Yeah. But we we need we we need to close things down. No, you're absolutely right, and I think it got. The crowd up for it as well because I thought their announcer nailed this on Saturday. Um, because he emphasized after 22 seconds, your goal got it's like if, if we'd have heard that the other way around, like if, if that was if that was John Foster at the Riverside shouting that to get us level against, I don't know, someone like Burnley or it puts some into you, you know, it gives you a bit of up, up, uplift and. You know, you want to get behind them even more, and you know, and cheer them on even more because after that, 
their fans were really up for it. They were well up for it. And, you know, they got behind their team really well and we just looked like rabbits in headlights and it looked a bit scary. Um, well, we said last we said last week, Steve, uh, that it it was going to be a battle, mm-hmm. and and that's how it that that's how it turned out. You know, it, for 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 that second half, whatever Warnock said, whatever happened in their dressing room at our time, they came out uh, and blitzed us um, for like you said, twenty minutes and, and won the game in that period. Yeah. That that was the battle. For that short period of time that we lost, um, we need to talk about that as a team and 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 iron those problems out. Yeah, no, you're absolutely, absolutely right, and I really do hope they have because because uh, I know it's it's all good saying you know to brush under the carpet, you know it it, it happens, etc. Things like it that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. What happened Saturday, and that's why I was so nagged and. Have you noticed I'm picking my words really, really well here to stop my mouth going? And um, it, it really did annoy me. Um, right, I've got two years with your hands up here, right? Do rock, paper, scissors or something, because I can't pick between you. Um, there, face that'll do. Cuts, cuts. He, he did face, you did scissors, on not we? Cuts. He talked about Warnock there and his, his comments after the game. He's got more front than Dolly Parton. He's always he's always been about blowing his own trumpet and he's done this and he's done that after games. I've said in the past I like him and I like what he's all about. But the, I, w- I wouldn't listen to what he's saying after games. Like I say, he, 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 does he do certain things? Yes, but he's, he's managed maybe half the teams at the bottom of the championship. He's a, he's a manager who'll get teams out of trouble and that's about it for me. More front than Dolly Parton. That's done me... <laughs> Oh, Dick, I'll let you go now, Susan. Just going back to JD there, talking about uh, Warnock as well, though. And we mentioned on the podcast last week about what was going to happen. It's going to be a battle, like John was saying. But we all knew it. Why didn't Michael Carrick know it? Because it was the most obvious thing that was going to happen second half. They were going to come out and throw everything at Wood, have a go and put the foot in and put the ball in the box and ask questions of Wood. And we just seem totally inept to deal with it. I mean, those players who are putting in such poor performances, like we mentioned Housen and McNair and stuff, they all played under Neil Warnock. They know exactly what he's saying to them in the dressing room. They actually know what's going to happen. So we should actually be as a club in a team, absolutely the team that doesn't get Neil Warnock because we've played under him and know what he's going to do. And the fact that yeah, everybody can concede a bad goal, have a bad couple of minutes. But you regroup, you get your leaders going, you know, you bang your chests, you, you pump each other up and you go again. To go two, three, four and still be asleep, it was just incredible to watch. Mm. I, I can't explain how, it, for, for a professional football team in Middlesbrough's position, with what we're going for against the team who are totally inept, can't score goals, with a manager and tactics that we actually know because we played them ourselves with the same manager in recent times and we still couldn't see it coming. It was just the most frustrating, ridiculous 20 minutes I can remember a Middlesbrough team having, probably going back to that ridiculous game against Fulham under Karanka when it was 5-4 down at Craven Cottage. You know, it's one of them. It's, it's like, 
what are you actually playing at? What are you doing? 4-3, four, 4-3. Three, four, three. What are you actually playing at? You know, it's just absolute football suicide. And I don't know what you thought in the stands, but when that third goal went in, that was game over. Uh, I mean, I stuck, I stuck with it after three, but four, that was me done. Four, four, four was enough for me. I, I, I couldn't anymore. I couldn't. It was... Uh... I mean, I won't lie. Absolutely, it hurt a lot. Saturday hurt so a lot, a lot. Um, still hurts now. It was, you know, it was, you know. But by Friday, I'll be absolutely fine and ready to go and want to rip Burnley and you know rip their heads off and get into them. But yeah, it was it was just a disappointing afternoon and it wasn't great. John, Don, I want to ask you a question because obviously you were there with me on Saturday. What did you make of the atmosphere in the away end? Um, it, it's been better. It's it, it has been better. Um, uh, he, he, yeah, I mean, maybe it was uh, it was one of those occasions, you know, where uh, people travelled for a day out rather than going to see the match. Uh, does that does that make sense? Is, yeah. Is, is sometimes, yeah, there's sometimes people travel for a, a good day on the beer. Um, uh, uh, and take the match in. Uh, I, I just sometimes feel, you know, that uh, those games, close games, sometimes do lack a, a little bit of atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, OK, our performance wasn't sparkling. The first half, we were in control um, the, the vast majority of the first half, but we were sloppy. We were misplaced passes, poor control. Um, but there was still there was still hope, and then especially when we scored just before half time, um, that 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 was that was great. That was us seemingly set up for a win. Um, but obviously, Dolly Parton had his words at half time. I mean, <laughs> he's with. He's with those players nine to five, isn't he? So I mean, he knows what Huddersfield are capable of. <laughs> Sorry, I yet to get that one in, John. <laughs> so um, yeah, they come out blitz does um, some of the goals, you know, that we conceded. I mean, that that third goal off Pearson's nation, whatever, um, disappointing. Um, we got it. We we got a good second goal. Um, great cross in by McGree, uh, and a fantastic far post header from Chubrak Pump to keep his uh, goal scoring record um, sort of moving up. Um, but we just we just have to um, we just we've got to bounce back because we can't afford um, can't afford any more uh, slip ups like that. To be honest, that that that, that was. One of those games where you'd expect to get something, and we've got nothing. And again, like I said last week, you'll get this. You'll get weekends where results, all results, go for you, and everything looks rosy again. It's all twists and turns, and there's still 21 points for us to play for. I'm not giving up hope of second place. I know it's less likely now. I understand that, but I'm not giving up hope of second place. Um, and again, like we said last week, if we don't get top two, just try and guarantee top four. Yeah, uh, and and that starts Friday against Burnley. 
yeah, you're absolutely right. It's uh, yeah, you've got you, yeah, fifth would be a disaster now. It really would be. Go on, cut. I'll sum up Saturday. This is my last bit on Saturday. We had four Jolines at the back who played in coats of many colours, but we move on. I haven't froze. I just don't know what to say. Tumbleweed it was. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Oh, just be impressed with, just be impressed with the Dolly Parton knowledge. That's what I'll say. Nah, you've Googled it, John, man. You've Googled it. Absolutely <laughs> not. I don't know what to say. Um, but, yeah, let's, let's, let's round this bit off now. Um, in, interesting what John said there. Just, just to ask us a question before you ask your man of the match if we have it, if we can possibly have one. John interestingly said there he still thinks Middlesbrough can come in the top two. Oh, I'm here with him. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yes, I can. Yeah. I'm just saying, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts? Because, you know, if I'm being brutally honest now, I think we've. We we've cost ourselves the top the second spot now. I I, I personally would find it incredibly difficult to see Middlesbrough getting into that top two spot now. I know it can change quickly. We can beat Burnley, Burnley can beat Sheffield United, but the games are running out really quickly, and I I just can't see personally without it being a miracle now. Anyway, we'll finish inside that top two. I think it's now. Let's just get the points on the bag, consolidate third, fourth, and then go to the playoffs. Hopefully, as the favourites with the home leg, second leg, and go and win the playoffs. Because I, I really just can't see it. I don't know what you guys think. Do you still honestly taking your Middlesbrough glasses off? Can you honestly see Middlesbrough catching Sheffield United now? Steve, like I said, it's less likely now after Saturday's results. But if we get if we get the reverse results on Friday, we win, they lose. We're back to where we were, three points behind. Yes, they've got a game in hand. So I'm not I'm not ruling it out. There's no way I'm gonna rule it out. I mean, bloody hell, if 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 you if you were the player or one of the management team in an interview saying, All oh, right, that's it, I think uh, I think it's uh, playoffs for us now, you'd be gutted. You'd be thinking, No, no way. Until it's mathematically possible, you do not give up. And, and that's how I feel. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying it's less likely after Saturday's result. But bloody hell, don't give up. No chance. Well, good. If Huddersfield can thump a banging for Middlesbrough 4-2, any team in this division can beat Sheffield United. There'll be, there'll be results that'll surprise us. We've had one on Saturday. Is it obviously it's going to be harder for us to do it, right? If not giving up up second place, they've got a, they've got an FA Cup semi final coming as well. Remember that we've talked about for the last couple of weeks. One result is not going to make our season. We've got one game less to go. Let's get behind them and, and give it a real push. The players will, won't think it's over, and I certainly don't either. I'm like John. I agree with Steve. It's going to be harder. We've missed a big chance on Saturday. They've had a good result at Norwich, like I said. But in my eyes, it's nowhere near over. What have we got left? Eight games. That's 24 points. And they've got to run around Wembley chasing Manchester City for 90 minutes. It's No way is it over. I, I, I urge everyone, don't give up. The players won't be giving up. The management team won't be giving up. I'm certainly not giving up. I think it's a massive Easter for us. If we get six points, this podcast will be completely different next week. I'll say yeah. that. 
Seven games. 21 points to play for, Steve. It's a lot of points. Yeah. I hope you're, I hope you're right. As I say, I just think we're running out of games. If, that, if there was, you know, sort of 15 games left or something like that, you know, but I just think with the, the games running out, it could be a real costly defeat, you know. But I hope, you know, what I, what I, what I was pleased to see today was it looks like it's going to be a sellout on Friday against Burnley, which shows that the, the Middlesbrough fans haven't given up and they're backing the boys right till the end. So that was a, that'll be a big boost to the players when they run out on Friday night they will sell out Riverside. So, you know, as you say, beat Burnley. And let's see what happens. And if 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 if, if they if they can drop points in a game we don't expect them to, you never know. It just might might get interesting for the last couple of games of the season. Let's hope it is. Yeah, let's hope it is. I mean, I usually do ask is you your man of the match. Um, I mean, does anybody have one? I mean, stick, you know, put your hands up if you do have one, and then I'll come to you. Well, you you shocked me, right? You've made me look alright, mug, right? Uh, <laughs> go on, Dick. I'll, I'll stay with you then. Man of the match. I, I thought Marcus Force was hand, uh, head and shoulders our best player first half. Though he's terrific, but I thought Aaron Ramsey was probably our best player. I thought he, he was the one that looked like he's going to create something. He was busy. Uh, he, you know, he played the ball through the Archer for the first goal. He was a little bit rash in his finishing, but I thought he deserved. Deserved the mention, shall we say? He was, uh, he was probably way above the rest of the the, the squad on 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 Saturday. Right, John Don. Um, it's it's probably a, a strange one. This with uh, to pick a defender after we've conceded four goals, but but I thought Lenahan, um, he, he tried to get things going at all times. I mean. Obviously, he stopped. Uh, he stopped one on the line, um, that prevented us going one 0 down in the first half. But he was he was getting the ball and he was moving through midfield. He was trying to 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 start our attacks. He was trying to get things going. It never really sort of worked, obviously. But I, I didn't think he lacked effort. Uh, and well, yeah, a defender in a four two defeat gets man of the match. It's it's odd, but. It was just uh, just me looking at the way he played. I know he gave a goal away as well, really, with a uh, a sloppy ball that uh, led to them scoring their second. But overall, I thought he had a decent game. Yeah, that is an odd decision. I'll give you that. Um, but yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Um, go on, Coach. Shock horror. I'm agreeing with Steve. <laughs> I think I, I think Ramsey. <laughs> I think I think Ramsey. Especially first half was our best player by a long way. His through ball to Archer for our for our opening goal was was majestic. Yep, for me he was the standout player in the first half. Second half you can just write it off. But just for his first half performance, I'd give it to Ramsey. I think he's better than anyone else. I'm I'm not, I'm not going to give one. So you know, go on, Diego. Did um, just before we round up on Huddersfield, did anybody else as well find? Michael Carrick substitutions on Saturday rather baffling. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely throw my hands up here and I'm gonna say I can't remember his subs. I don't know if that's because I don't want to or because of the state I was in. But um, I, I just thought I, I just thought when we're crying out to get back in the game and we conceded the goals to take off Cameron Archer for Matt Crooks was very very strange. One. Um, 
he brought he took Hackney off for Riley McGree. Now, to me, as I said earlier on in the, in the podcast, Fry had to come on to McNair, which didn't happen. Housen and Hackney were fair game. They were both dreadful all game. So I thought, why would you take off Cameron Archer when you need a goal? You know, you know, yes, he wasn't having his best game, but when you need to get back in the game and need a goal, surely you keep Cameron Archer on the pitch and you bring on Matt Crooks at the midfield. You might bring on an Alex Mort in the midfield who's been canny off the bench for lately. But I just thought the substitution to take off Cameron Archer and were absolutely desperate for goals was bizarre. Yeah, I mean, when when you say it like that, yeah, they were a bit bizarre. But as I say, I, I, I don't know if I just didn't want to remember him. Um, but I remember Archer going off, and I thought that was a bit weird. But um, yeah, weird subs Saturday. Uh, are we all do, do, oh God, we're gonna carry on. Go on, go on, cut. Bit of devil's advocate here. Then Archer did nothing on Saturday. Crooks offers us something different. It's worked for us in the past. I have no criticism of that substitution. Who, who got the assist for the first goal, John? Cameron Archer. Well, to, to be fair, he almost to be fair, he almost messed him up. Messed it up. He did in the end. He passed it fair enough to him, but but we we were getting battered in the game. It, we, he was trying to do something different. That's the only reason why I've got no no qualms about that particular substitution. Any of the players in, of that eleven could have come off. And I think we'd have all had an opinion of that. We could have questioned. It could have been Force. It could have been Akpom. It could have been any of them. Maybe he's saving them for Friday. The game was near enough gone. I mean, to be honest, even at 4-2, I thought if we scored a goal quickly, we weren't out of it. It didn't turn out that way, but I have no criticism of the substitutions. Yeah. Um, I say I haven't got an opinion on. I, 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 can't, I, can't, I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't say I've got an opinion on him. So I can't even tell you how Matt Crooks played because I can't remember it. I must have left after that. So. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Like you say, like you say, Steve, after 12 o'clock, you maybe should have not seen so much of the barman. Yeah. Blame, blame the beautiful people, the old bank. They should have just said, go sit down and watch the football. And, uh, but, no, I mean, I, was, I wasn't I wasn't drunk, drunk, but yeah, um, I just probably chose not to remember it. So, um, yeah, I seemed all right anyway. If I was a bit of a knob, I'm sorry. But um, anyway, yeah, that's what this field done. Um, <clears throat> thank God. Right, let's preview Easter. Um, I'm not talking Easter eggs, although while I've got you, what's your favourite Easter egg? Mint arrow. What a great shot. Go on, John, John. Whisper. No, you can, whisper. Say it, you can say it louder. Whisper. I'll whisper. Don't <laughs> go. I'll go for the boring Cadbury's cream egg. Boring. An, an absolute ageless classic. I'm going twirl. Twirl and mint. They're not mint, but they're mint. So yeah, I, I can go, go round and round on that one. But um, yeah, let's move. Let's talk football. Yeah, there you go. Bringing a bit of, you know, a bit of variety to it. Um, anyway, Easter. <clears throat> Easter is all about football, as, as we know in the championship. You have two games over Easter. Am I daft, John Don, in saying our season rides on Easter going well? Um, no, I wouldn't say you're daft, but I don't think 
those you can, you two games. That, so, right. No, no, I don't, I don't think those two games um, are vital because obviously there's five games after it. They're very important, but we've got five games after that. Um, you know, we could win the, both games on fr on Friday and Monday, and then we could lose the next. It doesn't, you know. Yes, it's an important period because it's two quick games, a lot can change in the league positions. Um, it's a very important period, but I wouldn't say it's vital, personally. Hey, go on, Coach. Easter's all about resurrection. This weekend, we will see the resurrection of our promotion hopes. <laughs> Nailed on. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm not, no, I'm going. Okay. Stop all these jokes, otherwise the listeners are going to get cross. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we talk about people giving us feedback. We're going to get, be getting feedback on that, all right? Uh, I, I don't even know how to follow that up. I really don't. Uh, <laughs> let's move on quick. <laughs> move on quick. Kick up, you know, are, you, are you sharing the opinion of the, the other two numpties? I think we've got to win both games over Easter, Steve, if they have any chance. I agree with you. We need six points over Easter and then see what happens. If it's anything less than six points, the top two is gone. I mean, for me, for me I, I mean, I completely agree where you're coming from there. I say it because Burnley's got a massive say over Easter, for me, because they play both of us. Um, they play obviously us on Friday. You're putting me off now. Uh, they play us Friday. They've got Sheffield United Monday. It's um, yeah, it's it's crucial. It is it is crucial. I just sit. I'm a mad in thinking I can. I think we'll beat Burnley. Am I, am I mad saying that? Because I really do think we'll beat Burnley. No, I think we've got no. a great chance of beating Burnley. Like, I, um, I think we've got a great chance. Full full. Uh, Full house at the Riverside, be rocking. Burnley haven't been at it the last couple of games. They, you know, they know if they come and they win, they're promoted, so they have got something on it. So I do expect a better performance from Burnley than they showed against Sunderland. But I expect Middlesbrough to, to bounce back and react like we have done every single time we've faltered into Carrick. We've come back and reacted. So I'm fully expecting Michael Carrick to get the players wound up and bounce back again and I think it'll be a really, really, you know, good game to watch. And I think Middlesbrough can nick it, and I think the fans will have a huge, huge role to play on Friday night. Yeah, I, I do. I, I, I think um, it's a game we can win. The players will, you know, they, they'll be, uh, they'll be upset after the performance they put in against Huddersfield. They'll, um, you know, they, they'll have heard criticism. Red criticism, whatever, and they'll want to bounce back. And like I say, that there's no hiding place on that Riverside pitch with uh, with thirty thousand people there, you know. So, I think um, I think we've got a hell of a chance on Friday. And if we beat uh, if we beat Burnley, game on. Yeah, I, 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 I say I don't know how many Burnley have sold. I imagine they're probably sold. The majority of what they were given, I think they were given just over two thousand um, for the game. 
So I, I, can, I can probably imagine that, especially especially being a bank holiday um, on Friday. Um, most people, majority of people are off work. Um, you know, I can imagine they're going to bring a, a, a fairly voiceless set of fans up with them because, you know, you know they're going... I think... I, get, I, I could be wrong here. If they beat us, they're up, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Steve, I mean, I, I know, I know, their fans on social media have been blatant about the fact that they've only got just over two thousand uh, tickets allocated to them. You know, that, that's laughable. That they've they've never brought anywhere near that number in previous years. So why do they think they deserve three, four thousand? You know, it, it it's it's just laughable. They're having a good season. Yes, okay, they may have sold three or four thousand. But they haven't even sold two thousand previous years. Those are bollocks. That's worse than anything I've said tonight. That bollocks. Well done. Um, but um, no, you're absolutely right. It's um, as I say, I, I don't. I, I obviously I don't follow Burnley religiously on Twitter. I couldn't give a damn what they say to be honest. Um, but you know, like you said, there they don't usually bring more than a thousand when they come to us and. Now they're screaming they want half the stadium and you think he's being daft. And we're now justifying it because we're just about sold out. You know, seats have I had a little look on the, the post came out from the borough saying limited availability and it literally is dotted seats now, you know, around the stadium, which is it's it's, it's great to see. It's 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 brilliant and um especially following on from the news of you know nineteen thousand renewing or buying new season tickets, it's you know the club's been backed really well, and you know it's it, it's a good time to be a Borough fan at the moment. I know obviously we were down in the dumps about that defeat on Saturday, but you know we really have to hit these as hard as we can. And I just I, I really do feel that not we'll have too much room, but I think as a collective we will have too much room. I think the fans will be too much room, and the pressure might just get to them. And you know it started to get to them against Sunderland. On Friday, because they weren't brilliant on Friday night. Um, so I just think if we if we get in their faces and you know and push ourselves, um, a little and large in their in their um, manager's box, Bellamy and company, they won't like it. And we just got we've got to push on and and hope that we can get a win as well. Because you know we could be nine points behind by the time we kick off as well. So yeah, the players need us, don't they? Night match, great atmosphere. Always oh, there, full house, full house. It's going to be a beauty. Interesting how you talk about pressure. <clears throat> the pressure's on us on Saturday, Air Friday. It's a massive, massive game for us. I'm glad you changed that. Huge game. There's no pressure on us Saturday. No. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive, huge game. It's, a, it's a. Like I say, they're 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 up anyway. A defeat on on Friday will make a jot of difference for them. They're going to win the league. The pressure's on us to get the three points and keep the pressure on Sheffield United. And it's a, like John mentioned, that stadium will be bouncing on Friday. And it's a game that I think I genuinely forget Saturday. Like I've said, it's a game I genuinely believe we can go there and win. Yeah, it is. It's it's for me. That's for me as well. I I just I just feel that. We, we, you know, collectively, we, we can we really can get up for this. And the players always say, I found this season as well. The players have always reacted to a big, voiceless crowd behind, and they love 
He loves the back and Carrick loves the back and behind. You know, we we all found that out when we spoke to him. He loves the fans getting behind the players, and um, you know, he he's also loves the passion we've all got for the club and for where we want to go, etc. Yeah, I think it's going to show on Friday. I'm well up for it. You boys are well up for it. There's going to be thirty thousand of us well up for it. It's going to be a it's going to be great. I can't, I really can't wait for it. Um, did it all come to you? I mean, this is probably. Probably one of the easiest questions you'll answer. What changes would you make for Friday? Uh, obviously, Dale Fry straight back in. Should never have been taken out. Obviously, McGree will start, hopefully. Uh, he'll have his, have his rest and McGree will start. Um, other than that, I'd go with... I'd, I'd, I'd probably have Force on the bench. Uh, start with Ramsey and McGree. And that'll be the only change I'd make. And get at them from the off, have a real good go at them, use the advantage of the, of the, of the sellout crowd and just have a real good go at them and see where it takes them. Yeah, no, no you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, that's that's same as me. Yeah, get stuck into women. Yeah, it's just... Do, I always remember that tackle led bit of put on Barton a few years ago. Um, down at Turf Miller. 30 seconds in, he crunched him. And I mean, he crunched him because all of a sudden it, it it made them. It was the year we went up. He did it, and um, I'm not. I'm not saying Johnny Alton going two foot, um, Josh Brownell. I'm not saying that, but you know, show that you're there. Show that you're not intimidated. Show you're not scared. Just because they're the runaway leaders means nothing. You know, we're there to compete. We're there to give them a good game, and if we stand off them, they're just going to enjoy every minute of it. And, we really do have to get in their faces on on Friday night for me. We hundred percent will get in their faces, and I'm going to go. I'm going to surprise all you here and go against everything I've said since Tommy Smith came at the club. On Friday night, I start Dykesdale at right back because they're really strong down both flanks. So Friday, I bring Dykesdale in for Smith. Fry comes in for McNair, and uh, Riley McGree starts instead of Max Force. What's in that vape? Um, don't know. I haven't got the glasses on. I can't see. <laughs> it's not what you... CBD all by the sounds of it. No. Hey. I so have, have to agree, John. I'll be 100% behind you on that one. It won't happen. Not this season. But I would, I would absolutely 100% agree. I think the time has come for Tommy Smith to have a rest. I think we talk about it's horses for courses. Like I've said, they are really good down both flanks. We know that Giles's strong point is going forward. Smith, I, I love him. I love him a bit, but I just think maybe Friday night is the time for Dykesdale to have a game. Freshen it up a little bit. And like I say, McGree 100% comes in. And, and I agree, Fry for McNair. I think that's Fry for McNair is 100% nailed on. And McGree will start as well. We've gone from talking about Dolly Parton to horses. Hey, we're multi-talented. Multi-talented, what can I say? How have we done that? Honestly. Um, you agree with them, John Don, then? Would you, would they the changes you'd make? Would you make less changes, more changes? What would you do? No, I'd, I'd only make one change. Uh, Dale Fry comes in for, for, for McNair. I'd leave Marcus Foss. Um Leave Ramsey in. Um, yeah, it's just the one change for me from, from Saturday, and that's uh, Fry for McNair. 
What you wouldn't start McGree off? You forgot about McGree. Would you not start McGree on Friday, John? No, Marcus Boss. Wow. I'm that's surprised. That's, that surprises me. Uh, what, what's the reason? Because I think McGree's been playing well, as has Force, mate. But what's 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 your logic behind? Uh, why would you prefer Force to a McGree? Because when McGree come on on Saturday, of course, that was a beautiful cross he put in my tube at the head in. Um, and I always think McGree is one of our best players and has been all season. So, what's what's your logic with Force? Just the fact of his goals at the moment, or? Well, yeah, I, I think with Ramsey and Hackney, um, there's enough creativity in the midfield at the moment. Um, I agree, McGree's had a, a great season. Um, but my thought is that uh, keep, keep Foss and Akpom and Archer hunting for goals uh, and we can have um, Ramsey, Hackney and Housen uh, in midfield, all like four three three, almost. I know fours can can join join uh, join back in the midfield, but almost four three three for me. I think I think we could play four three three, but I mean, we Hackney for me has had an absolutely fantastic season. But first name on that team sheet in in midfield for creativity alone is is McGree. Like I say, I think arguably since since the World Cup, I think arguably he's been our best player. For me, he starts every single game when he's fit, like in this form. But it's it's you know it's it's interesting how we all have different opinions on certain things, and and that's what that's what makes it so good. I think exactly it does. Um, I, I'm I'm going to back John. Don't have that bit one change, and that be it for me. Um, but I, I I do like um, I do like Ryan McGree. I think well, he's one of my favourite players in the Borough squad. That's yeah. Make sure that back force solidified because you know they're really good going forward, Burnley. So do that. I think would be sound. But um, uh, before I talk, I mean. What's your predict- go on, predictions? We'll go for, I'll go predictions before, you know, because I can't, I mean, I want to preview Bristol City, but I can't preview it too much, obviously, because it's, you know, we don't know what's going on on Friday. But I'll stay with you, Cut. So what's your prediction for Friday? Well, I've, I've said the whole podcast, forget about Saturday. We've always bounced back after a defeat. I'm going to go for a rousing 3-0 victory in a proper, raucous atmosphere. Probably the number generator come back out then. I really did. Um, but that's quite tame for you. Um, John Dan? 3 0 against the runaway leaders is tame. Wow. I was expecting 5 0. <laughs> John, John, Dan? Well, I'll tell you what, we know what's in that vape now, don't we? Yeah, and I want some. Yeah? Anyway, yeah, I'm going for 2 1. But I think it'll be a, a, a good game. Uh, it will be tough, but I think. Um, the crowd will play its part and we'll bounce back from Saturday's defeat. So one Middlesbrough. Two one Middlesbrough as well. I think uh I think we'll bounce back. I think it'll be a good game. I think Middlesbrough alleged two one. I think it'll be an excellent game, Cuts Easter. Oh. There's always one. Well there's not always one. It's been all three here. Um but uh I'm going one nil. 1-0, score the second half, win the game. But we'll control it, I think. We'll really will control the game. 
uh, and stop stop all their strengths and yeah, win the game. And uh, yeah, hopefully going to Monday's game with a bit of a bounce and a bit of a a bit of goal because um, I'm really looking forward to Monday, John Don. It's going to be. I mean, the trip down Sunday is going to be good. Monday is going to be good. Um, and it's our opportunity to play before Sheffield United on Monday because they don't play till Monday night. Yeah, like I say, could be roles reversed. We put the pressure on them. I can see it's uh, been an excellent game on Friday and a cracking game on Saturday. On, Are you on, yoking, uh, on Monday. You've got to be yoking. <laughs> oh, God. You're cracking me up, you lot. Oh. Oh, I'm glad we're nearly done. Oh. No, it's, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be. It's a big game Monday. It's a really big game. I mean, I mean, I, I could preview it as much as I can, but it's hard to preview because we don't know, you know, who's going to come out of the game well Friday, who won't. Um, I'll just go for a score prediction out of and then I'll ask you one more question, and then I'll, um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll leave you to go and stew over the the quality of jokes that you've uh, you've let out. Um, John Don score for Monday. Well, do you know what? It's going to be it's going to be a very tough game because they're unbeaten at home this year. Um, but I'll, I'll say two 0 Middlesbrough. So there's six points we're going to get over the Easter period, and then we're back in the race, boys. We will be. Um, keep that prediction in your head. Um, Cut. Well, I mentioned earlier about Easter being about resurrection, and one of you said about. Something about nailed on, blah, blah, blah. So I've got to go for another victory. I think it'll be a really tough game, actually, Bristol, one day. It's never, it's never that easy a place to go. Pearson will have them, will have them wound up. They've been pretty good at home, I think. Uh, I'll go 1-0. Is your number generator, bro? Hey, I'm always honest, Steve. I go for what I think. I mean, I mean, yeah, five nil is a bit far fetched at times, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. Um, go on, stick up. Like I said earlier, we need six points to, to, to keep the dream alive. So I'm going to go for two one again, and we'll win it with a late scrambled effort. Yeah, I'm going to go one nil as well. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go one nil as well. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ignoring you. I'm very... <laughs> I think he missed your egg pun. He missed your egg pun there, didn't he? No, I, 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 I heard it. I I'm it. missing it. I've let it fly straight over my head. Um, yeah, I'm going 1-0. One 1-0. Nil. One nil. Um, and I think it'll be... Josh will love this. Dale Fry, 1-0. Dale Fry's got... Yeah. The, the, the ground where he was first captain for the team, he'll come back in... Um, yeah, he'll score one nil, and with them, so we've all gone for two wins. Yes, it's got it's got to be, hasn't it? Let's be honest. We've, 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 to keep the dream alive, we need two wins. So, as Middlesbrough fans with the rose tinted glasses, that's what we've got to go for. It's it's what we all want, what we need. So let's let's back the boys. Let's get behind them home and away over the Easter period, and hopefully we can uh, put a little bit of pressure back on Sheffield United. That's all we can hope for. Absolutely. And one last question to you all. It's just one word answer to you. Because um, if you come up with more than one word and you start cracking a joke, I really will. 
I'll I'll mute you. I'll mute you. Dick though, how many points behind Sheffield United will we be by the time they've finished at Burnley? Four. Okay. Okay. Um good. Class half full. Zero. <laughs> Are you sure your glass ain't empty because you've downed it? I'm on the tea. I'm on the tea. <laughs> I like that. That's probably the best shot you told all night. Uh, John Don? Three. Yeah. That's, that's my pick. I think three. I think they'll beat Wigan on Friday. And I think Bernie will beat them Monday. And we'll be down with three. And by the time we... They do get beat by Burnley. We were just going past Nottingham Way and we'll bounce that bus all the way home. So, yeah. I'm... That Wigan game's an interesting one they've got because Wigan are just starting to pick up a little bit at the moment. So, although it looks like it's a it's a game on paper that Sheffield United will just get a comfortable 2 3 nil home win, I, I think that's a potential banana skin for them at home to Wigan. I think that could be a, 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 diff, a more difficult game than they, than they think. Yeah, I mean, they are unbeaten in the last three. But it's a... Sheffield United have won the last three, so yeah, I don't. I, I think they've got too much for Wigan. I think Wigan are in big tr- trouble. Um, but hey, I thought that about Huddersfield, so I could be completely wrong. Um, yeah, but I think three points. We'll be behind by three points, and um, we're all sat here next week going, it's back on, it's back on. We'll uh, go in the Norwich game, raring to go again. But um, Let's hope so. Let's hope so. I'm going to leave it there. Um, Gentlemen, apart from your god awful jokes, thank you very much for coming into chat and um, you know keep 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 the spirits up. Um, you know, thank you very much for your opinions. You've been been good to torches as always. Um, I see it's all Friday. Um, you have you have full household. Please. If you haven't got your tickets, get get the last ones. Get the get the final tickets in and get yourself in the Riverside because the place will be bouncing on Friday. Night. It's going to be a class atmosphere and. Uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for liking, subscribing, commenting, um, getting involved with any way you want, um, any way you know you feel you want to, and you know your feedback's massively appreciated as well. And you know we appreciate everyone of you's listening, and you know, yeah, if you want to come on and have a chat with us, um, ignore their jokes, you'll be fine. It's uh, yeah. you know, that's what I. Well, do. we've got some. We've got some great feedback recently, and it, it's nice, you know, because um, we want to know what you think. We want to know what people think. You know, you can rate our jokes out of ten if you want. Um, and if they if they're not that good, I'll 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 shell out for a, um, oh. a new joke book. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> this is nearly done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! But <laughs> no, he's right. If you want to, if you want to, yeah, just get, let us know. You know, if you want to, if you want to give his jokes a two out of ten, I'll fully back you. Um, but uh, yeah, get yourself, get yourself on. I want to get more people on. I want to get more people involved in talking to us. And you know, it's always good to listen to what you think. So yeah, and we'll 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 reconvene next week after um a pivotal weekend, which I'm very much looking forward to. And um, yeah. If I manage to make it back from Bristol, we'll chat again next week. So, Arriva Dirty, up the butter. Up the butter. Up the butter. Up the butter.